Lecture topic: Sacrificing desires. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladhin astafaa. Amma ba'du fa'auzu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alif Lam Mim. أحسب الناس أن يتركوا أن يقولوا آمنا وهم لا يفتنون ولقد فتن الذين من قبلهم فليعلمن الله الذين صدقوا وليعلمن الكاذبين صدق الله العظيم الله تبارك وتعالى created us and placed us into this world for a purpose allah taala wants us to succeed and attain the everlasting bounties of jannah and the everlasting pleasures and comforts of jannah jannah which has been described in one hadith sharif which is a hadith qudsi wherein allah tabarak wa taala says that a'adadtu li'ibadi as-salihin ma la 'aynun ra'at wa la udhunun sami'at wa la khatara ala qalbi bashar aw kama qala an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam that i have prepared for my pious servants those who are obedient those who are subservient i have prepared for them a jannat which no eye has seen no ear has heard of and no heart can ever imagine in dunya no matter how wealthy somebody may be how much he might be in the lap of luxury and comfort how everything can apparently seem to be perfect for him but not a single person in dunya can really claim that he doesn't have any difficulty of any sort and really as far as the people whose hearts are attached to allah taala then they are truly in happiness in peace in blessings in true comfort because they have the real source of comfort but otherwise without that connection with allah taala others who might seem to be really having a great life but if somebody had to peek behind the scenes in terms of what kind of life they are living what kind of difficulties they are in what kind of complete turmoil their hearts are in and what not goes on if this is really opened out then it will become apparent what a different story it is what something looks like from the outside and what the reality is often on the inside so the point is that dunya no matter what people hanker after certain material things and try to amass more and more of it but at the end of the day what is the purpose of all this person wants to get some kind of peace satisfaction happiness but for many that doesn't come at all despite trying so much because they trying in the wrong place they trying in the material things alone 
and there's no deen, there is no consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, there is no consciousness of halal and haram, there is no consciousness of how am I to spend the wealth, one is how to earn it, the consciousness is very little or nothing, and then after having earned it, what is the consciousness? That I have to spend it in a way that I earn Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. Allah must be pleased because it's His amanat. That consciousness is not there. So as a result, it is free for all, so to say. But the outcome is nothing free. The outcome is a person gets shackled in all the issues of dunya in such a way that the person's life becomes miserable. Despite all the luxuries and comforts, but the life becomes a misery. So what the point is again, that we need to understand what is the purpose of dunya. Allah Ta'ala created this dunya for us, but created us for the akhirat, created us for His worship. So the dunya will serve us provided we serve Allah Ta'ala. And otherwise, if we stop serving Allah Ta'ala and being His slaves, then the dunya will enslave us. We have to decide which slavery we want to be in. Because it won't happen both ways that a person is neither the slave of Allah Ta'ala and nor the slave of dunya. There is no such thing. He will have to be in some slavery somewhere in dunya. And the only real goodness is to become the slave of Allah Ta'ala. Because He is our creator, He is our sustainer. And you will have to stand in front of Him on the day of Qiyamah. The day of Qiyamah, Allah alone is the owner of the day of Qiyamah. Therefore, every day, in every rakat, of every salah, we will recite, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin, Master of the Day of Judgment. There is nobody and nobody that will have any authority on that day, at any level. It will be only the authority of Allah Ta'ala. In dunya also, in reality, it is only Allah Ta'ala's authority. But a lot of people seem to have some kind of authority. In a very limited sense, Allah Ta'ala has given people authority within their own circles and in their own realms. But in reality, that authority too belongs only to Allah Ta'ala. But as a test, Allah Ta'ala allows people to exercise that authority. Parents have authority over their children. Uh, people have authority over their employees to some extent. Then yeah, teachers have some authority over their students and so many things in life. But now the thing is that this authority, if it's exercised within certain limits very well, as soon as you cross that line, it's big trouble. And that is what sometimes we don't realize. But on the day of Qiyamah, this apparent little bit authority that people have in dunya also will be gone. So Allah Ta'ala is reminding us every day that look, if you have some kind of authority in dunya, don't think it is for you to do as you please. Maliki Yawmiddin, Qiyamah is coming. And on the day of Qiyamah, you'll have nothing, no authority, not one shred of it. Allah is the master of the day of judgment. So now, Allah Ta'ala is the master of the day of judgment, so therefore becoming His slaves, is the only thing that can have any goodness because he is going to decide on that day where a person will go, what is his end result. So we have to please him. If you earn his pleasure, 
that will get the good end result. Allah Ta'ala says the good end result is for the muttaqeen. So in any case, coming back to where we were in terms of what we started discussing, that Allah Ta'ala created us in this dunya, placed us here for a purpose. Allah Ta'ala wants us to succeed and to attain this everlasting bounties of Jannah. But there is a system. So Allah Ta'ala has placed us in this dunya that there is an examination. You pass that examination, you will get this reward. And this entire time period, which our mind should be now very deeply focused towards it, our heart should be focused towards it, the amal of qurbani, and in fact the hujjaj who have gone, the hajj they are performing, Allah Ta'ala make it easy for them to perform the hajj with afiyat, and Allah Ta'ala accept it, and make it a means of khair and barakat for them, for their families, for their communities, and for, their, for the entire ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But the thing that all this reminds us is of an examination. And Allah Ta'ala has mentioned the same thing that this is an examination. Allah Ta'ala put Ibrahim salam through various tests. Allah Ta'ala then described it in the Quran Sharif, وَإِذِبْتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ And remember the time when your Rabb tested Ibrahim salam with various aspects and he fulfilled them. So everything is a test. Allah Ta'ala placed him in tests. Allah Ta'ala says he passed with flying colors. But why is all this being so told to us? Why are we made to go through the Qurbani practically every year to the extent that it, be, it has been made wajib upon us? A person has the amount of nisab on the day of Eid, Eid al-Adha, then Qurbani becomes wajib upon him. So what was the hikmah in making this wajib upon us? And making us practically slaughter an animal, not even just give the money in sadaqah. That animal is available for two and a half thousand, three thousand, whatever price. The person decides, I am not going to buy any animal, I am going to give six thousand rands in charity. The animal costs three thousand, I am not going to buy any animal, I am going to give double the amount, six thousand. Forget double the amount, ten times the amount, I am going to give sixty thousand or thirty thousand or Double and ten times, twenty times, sixty thousand I'm going to give in charity. Forget sixty thousand, a person gives one million in charity also. MashaAllah, that charity will be very rewarding, but it will not take place on behalf of the Qurbani. That one million charity, if he gave it with ikhlas, he gave it in the right manner, there wasn't any ulterior motive in it, he'll get accepted inshallah with the fuzzal of Allah Ta'ala, but the Qurbani wajib will still remain on him. And if he didn't fulfill this, he'll be sinful. So Allah Ta'ala wants that we should go through this exercise physically of slaughtering the animal. And if a person can't slaughter their own animal, then they still know an animal was slaughtered on my behalf. They are seeing it. It's right in front done as far as possible. But if there is any reason that is not practical or possible, then at least they still know that they have got this done correctly via some reliable person that so-and-so, some, whatever organization or person who is reliable has been delegated with this responsibility and now this qurbani is still being performed, physically being performed by somebody. So why Allah Ta'ala wants us to do this? Allah Ta'ala's hikmat only Allah knows best. Nobody can know the hikmat of Allah Ta'ala. But certain things that do become apparent, that can be understood very clearly, that this is the hikmat, 
Allah Ta'ala wants us to remember that, look, this was the test Ibrahim salam was put through, this is how he responded. You are putting the knife on the throat of a sheep, Ibrahim salam put the knife on the throat of his child, because it was Allah's command. So now, you are reminding yourself that, look, the spirit of Ibrahim salam I need to engender in myself, I need to inculcate that spirit of Qurbani. What is the spirit? Whatever Allah Ta'ala's hukam is that sacrifice this for me, then I must be ready for it. Allah Ta'ala's command at that time was sacrifice your child for me, but I was ready for it. One's own child, born at a, when the parents were at an old age, and after much dua, and now the child has grown up somewhat, and Allah's command, you sacrifice the child for me. At that time, Ibrahim Islam wasn't aware what's going to be the outcome. That Allah Ta'ala would spare the life of the child, he won't get slaughtered, he didn't know that. He put the knife on the throat of the child and he made the effort to slaughter him. But Allah Ta'ala had taken away the ability of cutting from the knife. So nothing happened. But the lesson is the spirit. The qurbani has to be fulfilled. If it's wajib on somebody, he cannot just say, no, no, I'm meditating and I'm going to give more money in charity so that the spirit, no, no, the spirit of Qurbani will come the way Nabi Islam told us to do it. And that is slaughtering the animal. But we must not just slaughter the animal and feel very happy, we did a great deal, and not take the lesson of it, but. We must take the lesson, must take the spirit of it. Now let us consider around us, and in our day-to-day lives, and in our families, in our communities, in the Ummat at large, how many things are really something that we should totally refrain from? And if for any reason it has crept into our lives, into our homes, into our day-to-day aspects of life, then the time has come now to sacrifice it for Allah Ta'ala. Sacrifice it really is not even the right word, because you don't sacrifice something that is, like a person now, there was a snake somewhere that crept into his home, so he killed it and threw it away, and then he tells him, I sacrificed the snake. What's the sacrifice? What snake? Is that called a sacrifice? That is called saving his own life. He didn't sacrifice anything. He saved himself from harm. Person now, some insects got into his clothing, and he saw it, or somebody told him about it, so he flicked it off, and then he says, I sacrifice this. What sacrifice is there? Person, some filth and dirt got into his body. Whatever mess came up somewhere. So now he cleaned it out. And he cleaned it out and he said, I sacrificed it. You don't sacrifice filth. You don't call it that. That is an inappropriate and incorrect use of the word. You're applying it to something that is filthy, dirty, something harmful, and you're saying, I sacrificed it. What you sacrificed? You didn't sacrifice anything. You merely saved yourself from the dirt, from the harm, from the... Maybe it might could have become fatal if that insect was poisonous. So you saved your life. So likewise, there are certain things that have crept up in, into our lives which are haram. Some things might be not on a totally haram level, but, but they are makruh. Makruh means what? Makruh means disliked. 
Now one is something that we dislike. So now sometimes some people dislike something. For example, dislike a certain color. Now, color, what? Color is a color. But now you have people having preferences. Somebody likes a certain color and somebody likes a different color. So now, if the color of something is different, the color is merely a superficial thing. It's merely just something that gives a, a look to something. It doesn't affect the function of it. By and large, it doesn't affect the function anyway. If the car didn't have any color, okay, it might, you might say that uh, because now it's not painted, sprayed, so now it will corrode. But let's just say it was sprayed with something that was colorless. So now the same protection that the painting gives it, that protection is already there. Because it's painted or sprayed with something, some chemical that's now uh, given it its protection. But it's colorless. You can see the color of the metal from under. So now it's not going to affect the, the paint or the, the body work in any way. It will be the same as after it's sprayed with the paint. And as far as the engine and the movement and whatever else of the car is concerned, in any way the color doesn't affect that at all. So the function of the vehicle is still perfect. The color, the color is a very secondary thing. It's not affecting anything. But now somebody has the preference still of one particular color and somebody another color. So now you'll find people when they are going to buy some vehicle, so the color doesn't affect the function. The color doesn't limit the speed in any way. The color doesn't make the seat uncomfortable in any way because it's a different color. Now the seat became uncomfortable. Nothing. But people give still a lot of importance to the color. Why? Because of their preference. They dislike a certain color. So now they don't want that color. So now can we imagine that a father now he has a certain color preference. And there's a certain color he does not like. Everybody knows it. The whole family, everybody knows it now. That this color, he doesn't like this. So now he told his son, look, we need to now replace the car. So there's a certain dealer there. You go, you choose a vehicle and bring it. I'll, I'll sort it out. So the son went and he knows well that the father doesn't like this particular color. He doesn't like the color, whatever, some maroon, for example, now. But he goes and he brings that maroon colored vehicle and come. So, mashallah, the father is going to be very, very happy. And he just doesn't like that color. And now he spent 200, uh, 300, now 200, 300, they say you buy second hand cow then. So he spent 500,000 rands to buy this vehicle. He told his son to go and choose the thing. So he went to choose it and he deliberately chose the color that he knows his father does not like. And he brought that color and came. So now that color he brought was maroon, but his father is going to see red. And Allah knows best what colors he'll end up seeing after his father finishes off with him. Now why? What's such a big problem? He said, but I don't like this. It's disliked. Is it haram? He said, no, no, but there's nothing haram about it, but meaning that nothing haram, but I dislike it. I don't like it. That's not my preference. Now this is just one example. Likewise in Aspects of eating, food, certain aspects about maybe in the household issues. Everybody and some people are very strong on what they dislike. They don't like it. Somebody tries to convince, what's wrong with this? It doesn't matter what's wrong with it. I don't like it. So why are you giving me something I don't like? 
when it comes to something we dislike, then we are so strong about it. We dislike it. So don't present something to me which I dislike. And if somebody insists on it, then we become upset. And if somebody still insists and persists, it can become a big fight. It can become a big argument. So why? Because I dislike it. But somebody asks you repeatedly, but it's going to harm you in any way. It's going to hurt you. It's going to take anything away from you. So don't worry about all that. I don't like it. Subhanallah. What is makruh to us? That's called makruh now. We all have something or the other which we just dislike. That's makruh. Something that is makruh to us, people must dare present that to us and we'll tell them a whole lot of things. But what is makruh in the court of Allah Ta'ala, what Allah Ta'ala dislikes, that becomes very light for us. It's makruh only. It's not haram. So makruh has become something like, so what? I don't need to bother. Why? Makruh, the issue is, we have regarded it as makruh means no problem. So if somebody brought that color which we dislike, we say, okay, I dislike it, which means it's no problem, no problem, give it to me. We don't say that. We say, no, it's a big problem, because I don't like it. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala has made certain things totally haram. There are certain things maybe not on that category, that the fuqaha have classified it based on certain aspects, but it doesn't mean makruh means you must do it. Makruh means we must try and make the effort to stay away from it. So certain things are makruh. Makruh means what? Disliked. And makruh is ziddul mahboob. It's the opposite of mahboob. Mahboob means beloved. Makruh means disliked. Unbeloved. So if a person is doing makruh, how is going to become mahboob to Allah Ta'ala? So if a person understands the value of becoming mahboob to Allah Ta'ala, he'll stop all makruh also. So now, the point that we were talking about is that there are certain things that have crept into our lives, certain things are totally haram, certain things might be on the makruh category, and certain things might be borderline. But borderline on the border of what? So it's on the border of haram, on the border of makruh, so that's the border. Now this is on the borderline. So now if somebody is going to be on the border, it doesn't take much to cross the border and fall on the other side. So in the border of makruh, it means any time you can get into makruh, what is disliked. Disliked by who? Disliked by Allah Ta'ala. Disliked in deen, so it's disliked by Allah Ta'ala. So what a dangerous thing that is. So now this is the time to reflect. All this becomes a test. All this becomes a test. And we often then don't give much regard to things because it becomes a norm in society. For example, certain kinds of dressing, which we have discussed over and over again. And inshallah, Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq, we'll keep discussing over and over again. The issue is we have to start making amal. We have to start taking it to heart. That the dressing in the styles of the West, makru is a very mild term for it. The kind of dressing that comes from the western styles and the tight-footing, body-hugging garments 
which are sometimes okay not worn by some people outdoors but worn indoors in front of maharams, in front of children, in front of anybody else. That is far away from what the dictates of Haya is. And that obviously is past Makru as well. That in the presence of Mahrams, other males in the home, in the presence of even females, that is not in order. So the point is that what is our response now? Ibrahim Salam, Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذِبْتَلَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ The crux of which was, he said that Allah Ta'ala ordered that put, sacrifice this for me. Ibrahim Salam responded, his son, his child. Allah Ta'ala has directed his command to us as well. As mentioned earlier, we can't even use the word sacrifice really. Because sacrifice is on a very noble thing. Qurbani is a very great ibadat. That's called a sacrifice. Giving for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. This is actually getting rid of dirt. Getting rid of harm and disaster. But nevertheless, we will still call it sacrifice in a different context. That on the one side is the command of Allah Ta'ala and on the other side is the urging of the nafs. The urging of the nafs. So now a person is making qurbani of that desire that which is clashing with the command of Allah Ta'ala. Making qurbani of that urging of the nafs and not compromising Allah Ta'ala's command. That is who is a qurbani. That's an internal mujahada. And that's a qurbani internally. Allah Ta'ala loves this greatly. Now in this Mubarak time, let us start thinking very carefully and let at least take one step urgently in regards to some matter or the other. If we give ourselves even maybe one minute to think carefully and if in one minute's time we don't, can't see it, give ourselves five minutes to surround and ponder that what are the things that are in my life which are makruh to Allah Ta'ala. That's the least it will be. And Allah knows best what's beyond that and how much is beyond that. Now I want to become mahboob. I want to become beloved to Allah Ta'ala. So I need to stop the makruh and come on mustahab at least as well. Mustahab is on a level of also what we call it preferable. So now we want to give somebody a gift. We want to know what is his preference. Because we want to give something that will earn the happiness of the person. So what is his preference? We are looking for the preference. So we are not just looking at giving somebody what is wajib. Wajib is anything that anyhow done in terms of packaging and presentation and quality. You did got the basic done. Done. Enough. We don't do it like that. We are looking for the preference. So what is wajib? Faruz, wajib. What is necessary to do? But then there is mustahab as well which brings the hub. Mustahab comes from hub. And hub means love. The one who takes care of the mustahabbat will earn the love of Allah Ta'ala. So we need to now become conscious of this as well. So in this time to reflect how many things are in my life, at least some makru I'm going to stop today, now. And then build up on that in terms of other issues as well. Because I want to become mahboob in the Allah. I want to become beloved to Allah Ta'ala. And I'm not going to achieve this without sacrificing, as mentioned in the context that we said the word is to be used, sacrificing for Allah Ta'ala. And getting rid of all the harm, the harm which is not visible here now, 
But it become visible in the Qabr, Allah Ta'ala save us. It become visible on the day of Qiyamah. If we didn't make amends, didn't sort it out here. So this is the way to ponder, to think, to consider, to be concerned about that I need to clear out all the makruhat, the haram, for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And earn His pleasure, earn His muhabbat. We generally are very lax sometimes. Allah is Ghafurur Rahim. Allah Ta'ala is indeed Ghafurur Rahim. Allah Himself has declared, Allah is Ghafurur Rahim. But Allah Ta'ala has also declared, وَأَنَّ عَذَابِي وَنَبِّئْ عِبَادِي أَنِّي أَنَا الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah Ta'ala says, tell my servants that I verily am Ghafurur Rahim with great emphasis. And immediately Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَنَّ عَذَابِي هُوَ الْعَذَابُ الْعَلِيمُ And tell my servants this as well, that my punishment is also severe. So why Allah is saying both simultaneously? So that we understand that we must not become lax. A person trying hard and makes a mistake, Allah Ta'ala's mercy will envelop him, Allah Ta'ala's mercy will come over, and Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness will come. But a person is defiant, is unconcerned, the person is now deliberately just being reckless, that's a different story. Allah Ta'ala is indeed most merciful, but the, we can't take chances. Because Allah's system is that the disobedient, Allah Ta'ala has punishment for them as well. So therefore, let us function, let us focus our minds in a very positive manner towards doing something that will take us forward and closer towards Allah Ta'ala. And that is to think carefully what we can start sacrificing from our lives, not Bakri day or three days from now, two days from now, today. At least something immediately, today. What I can stop? I'm making the firm resolution, firm decision, as of now, not as of tomorrow, as of now, this will be out. This is out. Inshallah, with the barakat of that, by taking a decision and doing something which is positive, going forward, Inshallah, it will open many, many doors for us. And it will become very easy to undertake more for the pleasure of Allah, tabarak wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, give us all the tawfiq. Allah ta'ala, protect us from uh, neglecting these Mubarak moments and just reviling it away as discussed last week as well the special zikr of this time Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar we should try to do this as much as possible and whatever the ahmal as well Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma daka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athmeet ala nuhsik جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا علمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين